I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Outskirts of Anchor heading on the shores of the Great Chot Flats. You're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello. On today's episode, hey, what did you think we're going to talk about? 40th episode, 40th anniversary, Vanity Fair drops a whole bunch of cool stuff. So sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show for this dive into The Last Jedi. Uh, before we go much further, uh, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers. That's right, all of you uh, who have uh, become our patrons, uh, we've got all of our uh, costs covered now, which is awesome. So thank you, all of you. Thank you. And uh, I'm looking at the Slack right now. (laughs) And speaking of the Slack, at the $5 level, you can join the Tashi Station exclusive Slack team where you get to interact with other listeners, uh, with Nancy and myself, and with the other staff over at Tashi Station. So that's cool. You should totally get in on that. Yes, you should. You can ask us anything. Uh, Hey, it's time for Fixer's Flash. Uh, Nancy, the geeky things we've been up to, and we start as is custom with you. Uh, I did some reading. I finished Rebel Rising, and I also finished Radiance, which is our book club pick for May. Um, You can tune in to that episode. We should be recording it next week with Megan, Um, and it should prove to be an interesting episode because Megan loves that book, and I did not... (laughs) So it'll, it'll be a chance for Megan to explain why it works. Yes. And it'll be a good discussion about why some books work for people and others don't. And that doesn't necessarily mean a book is bad or an author is bad. It just means it's not for you. Oh, what could you possibly be alluding to I, with that with that comment? I, what could you possibly be alluding to? I don't know. I don't know. Some some. Star Wars books. Yeah, I want to say for all the people who are complaining about Chuck Wendig's writing style and the present tense, uh, (laughs) don't read this book (laughs) because you will be really mad about it. And that's not why I was mad about it. So, but um, I started reading uh, Amberlo. I had kind of paused on that back um, when some other books came out only star wars books and uh but i finally picked that up again and i'm hoping to finish that soon um and that's about it for me uh and as for me uh i played a lot of mass effect mm-hmm. played uh or read a bunch of comics uh-huh. it's been a good month for comics and uh, finished uh, collapsing empire by john scalzi which finally I loved oh it was so good but Boy, if cliffhangers are a problem for you, you should wait until the next book is out. Yeah. <laughs> hitting this one. I warned you. You you did. You told me it was a, it was textbook cliffhanger, and it was indeed. 
textbook cliffhanger. Yep. And you don't have to wait until next year to for the book to come out. No, I have to wait two years. You have to wait two years. So just a warning for those who want to read that book. It's really good. But. Oh, it was it was it. If cliffhangers don't bother you, though, definitely get it. I loved it. Uh, I l- the characters were great. The whole premise is great. Yeah. And yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes from there. I love Scalzi. You need to read more of his books. I know. I, I need to finally pick up Old Man's War. Yeah, I have it. You can read it now. I I might be reading that one soon. I might be reading that one soon. <laughs> soon as in today. <laughs> Maybe. We're in the pool. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, let's see. We also went on a cruise and saw the new Star Wars space in the uh, Disney Fantasy Oceaneers Club. Yes. We uh, took a little three-day getaway and the Disney Fantasy went into dry dock and so they turned part of their kids club into the into a resistance base and it's really cool and it made me wish I was a kid so I could go play in there. <laughs> What's really cool is they have these pseudo flight simulators where they've uh, repurposed some of the uh, resources from Star Tours. All of the a, resources yeah. from Star Tours slapped is pretty a, much the video from Star Tours. Slapped a HUD over it and uh, put a joystick there. And yeah, it's, it's cute. Uh, and the whole theming is uh, really well done. And uh, yeah, it's uh, if you've got kids who like Star Wars and you like cruising, uh, definitely uh, book mm-hmm. on the fantasy. Yes, definitely. Um, I think that's it for Fixer Slash. Which uh, brings us to what's new on the blog. Uh, Bria is still playing through Knights of the Old Republic, and she's gotten to Telos, um, and wrote about that frustrating time. Uh, we've also got reviews of the latest comic releases, which Brian read. Um, and then Matthew also reviewed the Thrawn audiobook, um, which he liked, um, but he's still not much of a fan of mark thompson's narration (laughs) but um that's another book you need to read brian yeah i'm way behind yeah we haven't talked about that on the podcast but um it's really good if you like thrawn and you like zon you will like the book (laughs) it's very much it's very much all of that goodness that you know and love from chimney zon um and that's it Oh, we uh, did have a new Western Reaches drop yesterday, oh, so do yes. go listen to that. Yes. Yay. Uh, it was a big grab bag uh, games and book discussion, so check that out when you have a time. It should be in the Master Feed and in the Western Reaches feed. Yes. Uh, that brings us over to Deke's Dirt News from around fandom, and of course, we wish a very happy birthday to Star Wars this week. Happy birthday, Star Wars. You're 40 years old. Don't look a day over 20. Aww. <laughs> also, happy anniversary to us. Oh, yeah. Our anniversary is May 25th. Did we intentionally get married on uh, the day Star Wars released? You yep. can't prove it. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, we totally Because did. it was a Sunday, uh-huh. so it worked. It did work. It worked great. <laughs> Um, so there was a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff out for the 40th anniversary of Star Which Wars. Which is what's going to be the majority of this podcast. Yes. But um, there were some really funny articles. I think Wired had a ranking of Star Wars hair. And then io9 had an article that was the um, def- ranking of Star Wars names. <laughs> uh, and they included some of my favorites from um 
legends, including uh, Pash Kraken, uh, Talon Card, uh, Zinge, who, if you listen to Rogue Podger and you would know, is now called Warlord Gabor, uh, and uh, last but not least, Jaggedfell. <laughs> I liked it. Um, and yeah, there was a bunch of stuff uh, on the StarWars.com page, um, and there was a really nice article in the Chicago Tribune about Timothy Zahn and how he kind of revitalized Star Wars. So, And also, the Star Wars show interviewed Tim Zahn this week, which was cool. And it's really weird to see, it's, like... It's still surreal being a lit fan from the 90s and early 2000s and seeing Tim Zahn talking about Thrawn on a mainline Star Wars entertainment show produced by Lucasfilm. Right, and, like, all the, you know, there was a lot of, you know, complaining about Legend when Legends was rebooted, and which is, you know, understandable, and people talking about, you know, the, that's their Star Wars, and... It's, like, I don't see Tim Zahn getting this much attention for the Star for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars if they hadn't rebooted it and he has he wasn't coming out with another book. So, um, so that was kind of cool and a little surreal. Um, and, of course, and there was also two comic book announcements while we were actually on the cruise, which was funny. <laughs> I was actually kind of amu- I was actually kind of uh, surprised that all the Vanity Fair stuff didn't come out while we were on the cruise because we have a tendency of being gone while news comes yeah, out. Yeah, th- there's a running gag in the Tashi Station staff Slack team. Anytime we go on a cruise, a uh, brace for news dropping. Just because one time we went on a cruise and it was announced J.J. Abrams was going to be directing uh, The Force Awakens. Only happened once. Yeah. Um. So uh, there's two comic book announcements. One is Mace. <laughs> why did this? Why did this come out to Mace Window? <laughs> why, why did that autocorrect? Mace Windu, not Window. Uh, Mace Windu uh, miniseries, uh, which is set after Attack of the Clones. So if you're a Mace Windu fan or a prequel fan, this should be right up your alley. And also a Cassian and K2SO special issue basically describing how they meet. And both of those will be out in August. Um, And that's it for fandom news uh we've got a lot of film news this this week though so uh, the the bulk of this show will be spent in big's bullshit uh star wars film news and of course this week no surprise we are talking about the vanity fair uh last jedi stuff and boy was there a lot of great stuff there was a lot of stuff (laughs) um i'm going to link i'm going to put in the show notes right now brian uh the link to the main the main like landing page so oh. you can bring that up perfect thank you <laughs> you're welcome so um first they was they released on tuesday all of the covers um first and there there's four covers um they uh they this is the first time they've done that for star wars um they uh there's a cover of um Luke and Ray. There's one of 
Poe, Finn, and Rose with BB-8. There's one of Phasma, Kylo, and Hux, and then one of Leia all by herself. Uh, so the 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 covers came out on Tuesday. Everyone was freaking out and, you know, going on about how awesome the Leia photo was, which it was. It was amazing. Um, there were a few things that popped that um, sparked interest just from the covers. One was that Luke is now wearing a glove, a brown leather glove, um, which out of universe, I am assuming this is because it's easier than CGIing a robot hand in every shot that he's in, uh, just like they did with Anakin in uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> uh, but... Um, I also am really, really, really curious about, in universe, what has happened with Luke's original hand, uh, because it's it's got skin on it, or it did originally. The original prosthetic hand, you mean? Yes, the original hand. Um, so, is it the same hand, and he just let the skin go, or is it a completely new hand, because this glove goes all the way up? It's not just, like, covering his hand like his black glove from Return of the Jedi was. So I am really, very curious to learn more about Luke Skywalker's glove and prosthetic hand. Wow, the priorities. I, I, I don't pretend to be anything more than that. You don't pretend to be anything other than what you are. No, I don't. Um, so there's also... Um, we got another look at Rose in the Resistance group photo. Um, and then in the uh, First Order group photo, uh, Kylo is unmasked, which, you know, isn't that big of a shocker because he was he went without his mask in the first movie. Um, we got to see his scar a little better. But Phasma does not have her helmet, um, which prompted me to tweet that my unpopular opinion is I hope she never actually goes unmasked in the movie. But the subsequent cover story kind of implied that we were going to see her unmasked. Um, so I just hope there's a reason for it and she just doesn't take her helmet off and is like, hey, I'm a girl, because you know that by listening to her talk. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then the next day, all of the... It was Wednesday, right? Yeah, it was Wednesday. All of the... Yeah, all, all of, the big portfolio stuff yeah, dropped. So the por the rest of Annie Leibovitz's portfolio and oh, the so much greatness. The uh cover story by David Camp, which was a really, really good article. And then there was a whole bunch of little sidebars that they published um and did some of those on Wednesday and some of those on Thursday. So a lot of Star Wars news. So portfolio let's dive in we got a lot of pictures um we've got uh first off we Effie got trinkets in star wars now <laughs> i'm gonna go through the portfolio as it's in the uh, yeah let me pull that portfolio okay. so oh. the first one is the picture of luke and ray that they cropped off to be the um the cover so we've got luke and ray on Oxto, um in Ireland. There's one of the like the structures behind them. So um, I'm assuming that this is one of the sets that they created for the um, 
to kind of recreate Skellig Michael um, because they they built like a whole village um, off of the coast of Ireland so they didn't have to go back to the, the Skellig Michael because it's so hard to film there. Um, so we've got that photo, which gave me all the feels. And um, I tweeted that, you know, I usually try to tell myself that I'm going to be happy with whatever Lucasfilm does for Star Wars and Luke and Ray's relationship or lack thereof. But this cover made me once again ride or die on Ray being Luke's daughter. <laughs> I mean, I can't look at this photo and not be like, oh my god, I want you guys to, like, Everything be father. Everything the cloud touches. <laughs> uh, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> that's not a good. Uh, but yeah, this really makes me want that. that shadowy place? That's Hobbiton. We much not say that. <laughs> that's a first order. Uh, but yeah, it really makes me want them to be related because they just, oh, I want them to hug her and... Uh, I need to stop because then I'll just get okay. Next, 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 we've got Ray being awesome uh, with her lightsaber. You know, I saw an interesting comment on Twitter. If this had been a male photographer, this would not be how the shot turned out. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I don't think I saw that tweet. That it would have been more sexualized. Well, it wouldn't have been as much power posey as this is, uh, and power pose Ray is awesome. Yes, it is. But yeah, Ray holding uh, what is what marketing is now dubbing Ray's lightsaber. Yes, um, it, yes, the Ray, it's calling Ray's lightsaber, uh, and also that's what the story group is calling it. And um, yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a hell of a shot. Yeah, um, and people are mad about them calling it Ray's lightsaber because it's like disrespecting the prequels and george lucas and i'm just like no it's just that it's raised now in the continuity that they're doing as so, we're a family show i can't describe the gesture i'm making we're a family show <laughs> well for the most part <laughs> uh also like it was also luke's lightsaber for as long as it was anakin's like this was only anakin's lightsaber for like three years and then it was luke's lightsaber for three years so if it's any, if it's, you're going to be mad about them not calling it Anakin's. Also be mad about them not calling it Luke's. But we know it should really be called after who owned it the longest. Mara's Mar lightsaber. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. People would be really annoyed if they knew that's what I still called it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, I, I love this shot too. Uh, the next one is Ray and Chewie on the br in the cockpit of the Falcon. I know. I love how Ray is just sitting there all casually, like trying to do her best Han Solo. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, that's a really, really cool picture. I like it a lot. Um, I hope they fly more of the Falcon together. I hope Luke's in the gunner chair. Uh, then we've got the Resistance spread with um, Leia. And then um, BBH, Poe, Finn, and Rose, uh, which they revealed her last name is Tico. So that is very cool. Um, Can we get a pronunciation on that from anyone? Pablo. Pablo, Pablo said Tico? Yes. Perfect. Because <laughs> uh, that's how I've been pronouncing it the whole time. Yeah. And then um, Poe's got his arm on Finn's shoulder. It's just like, hey, I'm Poe Dameron. Let How's me it going? At you. 
seriously, he is so smoldering in this photo. And, like, he's just, like, smoldering. He's got this little curl. Leia looks regal as hell. Finn is, is like... wearing Poe's entire outfit from TFA. <laughs> he is. He's like, hi, I'm not dead. And then Rose is just off to the side smirking like, I'm in this movie too, suckers! <laughs> I love that uh, Poe uh, apparently raided Han's wardrobe. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I mean, he, he probably looked up to him, you know? I Han don't... goes missing. It's open season on uh, the wardrobe and the Falcon. I, I guess. I don't know um so next we've got our um shots of the uh asshole casino planets <laughs> my first thought looking at this was oh my god they took the capital from the hunger games and put it in star wars they really did it's uh it's kind of crazy i really like the little guy that um neil scanlon's holding and i want to know his story <laughs> the little tiny alien guy um I like Lady Gaga in the middle, and Horseman, who, until they say otherwise, I'm saying is a thackwash. I'm going with that, because we do have it confirmed it's not a Bothan. It's not, not a, Bothan. a Bothan. It's not a Bothan. Uh, and, yeah, we've got two pictures of them. Uh, the next one's got Michael Kaplan, the costume designer. I, I um, do love how, I, I think he said this, but I do love how uh, Ryan Johnson <laughs> described this. Uh, playground for rich assholes <laughs> so good and yeah there was a a when uh describing those the those photos and the set which is a it's a casino and the planet is called canto bite um and apparently there's going to be an undercover mission there um that uh they were speculating you know are these people from the new republic are they fiddling while Hosnian Prime burns, uh, we, are they First Order people? It's I, I'm very curious about all that. Uh, next, we've got a shot from the droid shop with Anthony Daniels, uh, fully restored to gold, C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8. Um, then we have a really amazing photo... Oh. This photo, my heart. Carrie Fisher, Ryan Johnson, Mark Hamill, Kathleen Kennedy, Millie Hamill, and Gary Fisher all posing in front of a resistance transport. And it's very reminiscent of other uh, set photos. Um, There's one from Empire of them all sitting around that looks like this. And then there's one from uh, the Revenge of the Sith that looks, that is the same sort of style. And it's, I, love it um and this was where ryan johnson took a photo of annie Leibovitz taking photos and he tweeted the photo he tweeted his picture yesterday oh did he I didn't yes see that. Oh, I, I have to look that up right oh yeah now. go look it up <laughs> um but yeah i gotta i gotta see that right now yeah because i was i was like oh yay good he tweeted that because i was like i want to see what he what he what he you know <laughs> That's great. Isn't it? That's really great. <laughs> Isn't it? I love it. Uh, by the way, once again, um, to the powers that be, if anyone's listening, I will pay north of $100 for a great bind-up. Oh, yeah. Of Ryan Johnson's set photos. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I will pay, I'll pay a lot of money for Me it. Me too. Uh, and this is a photo where you can really see Luke's glove is up to his elbow. Um, so I'm just 
curious, is that just the way the glove is designed, or is his is his hand all the way up to his is his prosthetic hand up to his elbow now? Because if so, there's a story there. <laughs> Cause he it was only his hand. <laughs> oh, I just looked at the next photo. Yeah, yeah. Um there there's a really uh lovely photo of Carrie Fisher and Billy Lord both in costume. Um and I'm really glad Billy's gonna be in the movie again. Um I want books about Lieutenant Connix. I think this is the first time we've gotten her first name, Cadel. Uh I think we had that before. Oh, Cadel Connix, yeah. But yeah, I like I I want more about her. Might have been in the uh TFA visual dictionary. Probably. But I want more of her. It's a, it's such a sweet photo. I love it. At the very least, I'll take a couple insider shorts. That would be great. Yeah, and then the photo oh. that really makes me sad is um, Mark and Carrie in costume. And I'm going to say, if they don't interact to a good degree in this film, this photo is the biggest horrible tease ever. Yeah, I mean, when I was... When I saw this photo... I was like, oh my god, they're on set together. And then, um, so after Carrie died, Oscar Isaac posted something on Facebook. It was a photo of Mark and Carrie, and they were in costume. And people were like, you know, does this confirm that they're scenes together? Because they're both on set in costume. I'm assuming that that photo of them is from this photo shoot because they're in the same it looks like they're in the same costumes yeah um and for you know oscar isaac to be there you know i'm assuming they were all on set at the same time for these photos so that would make sense um but i'm hoping that they're also together for other scenes (laughs) uh and it wasn't just okay let's get them together for pictures because yeah yeah agreed agreed also i went back to the other photo of them all of the the black and white photo can i ask a question about mark hamill's cloak about luke's cloak uh which looks like it's attached to his tunic like like, it's, do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah, it's probably not something that's meant to actually be seen in the film. It's just to make the shots work. I know, but like, because you can kind of see it in TFA when he puts the hood down. It's like the cloak is attached to his tunic. And I'm like, and it looks like there's like a little strap connecting the the cloak around his arm and i'm like that's the weirdest freaking thing how is he gonna shrug it off when he has to fight they go to the stunt cloak well as we know we saw from the trailer that he's got his little short his short coat (laughs) that he changed into the uh exceedingly controversial short cloak yes which is making me also think that if they do interact it's not going to be in the these this wardrobe because he obviously changes later in the movie so if they reunite, he's not going to be in his long cloak. But yeah, this photo of them is so wonderful. I love that Luke looks like so protective and Leia's like, I got this. Don't worry. Uh, and then the next one is our first look at Laura Dern as Vice Admiral Amilyn Holdo. And that's all we know about her. She's a Vice Admiral. 
And she's a great Effie Trinket cosplayer. She really is. I want to know what Vice Admiral is. Like, is that actually a rank? Like, is that a real world rank? What was Sato's rank? Uh, not Sato. Um, he was a commander. No, I not Sato. Uh, TFA. Uh, uh what? <laughs> the. <laughs> Who? The uh, guy who seemed to be in charge in TFA on the military base. Um, uh, there were several of them. Oh, the the guy thermal oscillator guy. Oh, what's his name? Crap, that's gonna bother me now. Oh, okay, yes, Vice Admiral is an actual is is a commission. I've just never heard it before. Okay. It's a three-star commissioned naval officer rank in the United States Navy, the United States Coast Guard, United States Public Health Service Commission Course, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, that's an actual thing. Okay, now I'm going to... It's not Sato. It's... No, Sato was Rebels. I know. It's Ken It's Ken Loon, Ken Loon right? Yes. yes. Admiral Satura! Sat- right, Satura. <laughs> that's his name. No, he's Admiral. He's an admiral. Okay, so he outranks her. Just a- trying to get the hierarchy. Apparently? Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if he's going to still be in uh, TLJ. That's a good question. Yeah, hmm. I haven't heard that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Laura Dern is vice admiral. Um, which I Fantastic look- Effie cosplayer. Yes. Um, <laughs> then we've got uh, Benicio del Toro. Waiting for a Heineken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, he's not named in the movie. Well, he may have a name. They're just referring to him as. Well, they said they never. I. They said they never ca- re- say his name in the movie. Huh. Okay. So, but they referred to him as DJ, and they said you'll know why. Like, okay, <laughs> is he like dropping some sick beats <laughs> or something? <laughs> Uh, and then we have Kylo Ren's power pose, uh, which I will let you describe this, Brian. Uh, you ever see the movie The Breakfast Club? The freeze frame it ends on. <laughs> I see that and all I hear is, don't you forget about me. It looks like a Johnny Hughes freeze frame. That's great. It really does. Um, he's not intimidating. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Um, but yes, uh, Kylo Ren is, you know, still using his lightsaber. Then we've got the First Order folks. Uh, Hux needs to cool it on the gel. Uh, and the sideburns. Ooh, those sideburns. He had sideburns in the first yes, movie. Yes, but they were covered up better. Yeah. They're still not good sideburns, but uh, Kylo Ren continues to have lustrous hair. Um, and Phasma... Looks like she is really sick of these dudes, and it's going to kill them. <laughs> eh, she could. She's also got a new spear-type weapon, which apparently collapses. Um, so yeah, those are the photos, which are all very, very lovely. And we've been staring at them all week. Yes. Um, so then we got the cover article, which... Um, oh, wait! There's another article first. Um... There was a interview with Pablo Hidalgo walking through all the details concealed in Annie Leibovitz's portfolio. Leibovitz. I yeah, can't talk. So, um, 
Pablo came in and uh, gave some secrets. He um, confirmed that Dern's character is human, um, despite her magenta hair, uh, which he says has to do with her cultural background. Um, And Pablo joked around uh, whether or not other people had um, this sort of unnatural hair color (laughs) in the films. (laughs) Um, Then they talked more about Minichi Aldo Toro characters, and they said, you know, they're not revealing his name. Uh, There's a lot of secret. Sounds like he's an underworld uh, grifter, though, which is cool. Yes. Um... Pablo says, what we're going to see in The Last Jedi are some people who have managed to carve out a life for themselves where they can live apart from the galactic struggle. They found a way to live above it or beyond it. There's a class of wealthy that have helped build all sorts of loopholes in society that will always ensure that they'll survive or even thrive no matter what else is happening out there. Ugh, we found the galactic 1%. It really is, and... Our friend Jay loves it. (laughs) Uh, We've got, um, he says, talking about Phasma, he says, I think a big part of the allure of her character was just wondering what might be underneath. Um, It was only relatively recently that we wanted to commit to the idea that there was a human under there. The Force Awakens left that question, but as we got further into The Last Jedi, as well as some other stories we're thinking about with Phasma, we had to ask ourselves, all right, do we agree there's a human under there? Um, they, pa- Pablo says her name does not have a fancy name for her weapon yet, but um, it's a retractable pull arm that collapses into a smaller, easy-to-carry form. Should she ever find herself shoved down a trash compactor again? Um, and apparently this weapon will be explored into, in this, the comic book series. Ooh. And that, uh, Pablo also says her background is more low tech than many would assume. That makes me a lot more excited for not only comic book, but, uh, Delilah Dawson's upcoming Phasma. Uh-huh. Um, more about Kylo's scar moving. Because uh, it looked silly. Yeah. TLDNR. Pretty much. Um, so Pablo, uh, there was a a little bit about the dice between on the Millennium Falcon and saying that um, uh, Pablo says the story that you would hear if you traveled to cantinas or watering holes around the Star Wars galaxy is that those dice were involved in a game of Corillian Spike. A dice-using version of a card game called Sabacc. Rumor has it Han won the Millennium Falcon from Lando Calrissian with those dice. Whether or not that's just bar talk, I can't say. Uh, so will those dice and fateful gambling showdown be making an appearance in the upcoming Han Solo prequel starring Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo and Donald Glover as Lando? That's in the future! Hidalgo says coyly, ask me a movie from now. <laughs> Oh, Pablo. Pablo. <laughs> um, more talking about how the huts were recreated on the Dingle Peninsula for The Last Jedi. Yeah, they hired uh, some uh, Irish mace or uh, masonry uh, specialists to uh, recreate those sets, which yeah, they 
from the pictures, they did a stellar job. Yes. Um, and they say the huts belong to a race of non-Jedi caretaker inhabitants that Ryan Johnson told uh, camp are not Ewoks. <laughs> um, so uh, I am going to say no matter what they are, I, they're, they're calm jaw and calm K. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, read Vision of the Future. Uh, that's great. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, those are some of the portfolio secrets. And then we've got the cover story. And oh, Boy, there's a lot buried in the cover story. Yeah, it's a really good article. Go read it if you haven't. Um, we learn that um, there's a scene in which Poe is encouraging, giving some tips to a gunner named Paige, uh, who's played by a Vietnamese actress named Veronica Nyo. I don't know how to pronounce her last uh, name. What was the spelling on that? N-G-O. Uh, yo, yeah. Okay. So she, um, they, she is actually sister to Rose. Uh, so that is very cool that they are, um, they're sisters in the movie. Uh, book, please. <laughs> book. Tico sisters book. Book, comic. Please. So my, my question is, is since they describe, since Paige is a gunner, can she be this time frames West Jansen? Oh, how I'd love that. <laughs> how I would love that. Right? Um, there was discussion about Kylo's internal and external scars, um, which uh, really makes me intrigued because he says, you know, like, patricide isn't all what it's cracked up to be. I'm like, you think? <laughs> That's such a great quote. You think, Kylo? Uh, so, yeah, apparently he is going to be struggling uh, some more in this movie. Um, and then there was discussion of Luke's role in this movie and how he's actually going to be in the movie and talking. Um, and there was a quote from Oscar Isaac talking about how, you know, it's like watching one of your heroes and it's like if you go to see an old band that's on a reunion tour, but they end up being a letdown. He's like, that's what it was like, except in this case, it wasn't a letdown at all. It was exactly what you imagined Luke Skywalker would be, you know, 30 years from now. Okay, if Oscar Isaac says that, uh-huh. knowing the sh- it, uh, overwhelming Star Wars nerd he is, mm-hmm. I'm very happy. I've, and I feel a lot better. <laughs> I also question, because if he's saying this and talking about watching filming in a i believe it was i'm gonna hold on let me bring it up because he had a quote and it made me very uh excited about it um let me find out blah 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 blah. um yeah i'm not gonna find it (laughs) It's there somewhere. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, so to be there and to watch Mark revisit Luke, particularly in these scenes we were shooting towards the end of the film, was bizarre and jaw-dropping. It's like when you see an old band reunite and go on the road and they don't quite hit those high notes anymore, though in this situation it's completely the opposite. It's the fulfillment of where your imagination would take you when you imagine where Luke would go or what he's become. 
So if he says these scenes we were shooting, so I'm assuming that they're shooting scenes together. So Poe is in the scene with Luke, so my mind's gonna blow. And then also, like, so is this an action scene? Because I know they had a night shoot, because Mark Hamill was tweeting from the night shoot. <laughs> so I want that. I want Luke. And I want him to commandeer Poe's X-Wing. I'd be fine with just him using his lightsaber. Yeah. I also want to see him fly his old X-Wing, though. Ugh, I know. Can you imagine? Ugh. So, um, there was also the, um, so yeah, that, that scene was really, it was really cool. Um, there was a little bit in the sidebar about, because then we get to the, was there anything else in the cover story you want to talk about before I move on? Uh, <laughs> I, I we we hit on the big points okay. I wanted to get to. So on there was a bunch of little sidebar articles that came out. One was the portfolio when we talked about. One was another one about the lightsaber and how it's officially been dubbed Rays. Um, but there was other um, talk in the article about Luke's lightsaber with the green lightsaber. That's what they refer to as Luke's lightsaber. Um, so it says. Um, as for that green lightsaber Luke made for himself, it has yet to resurface in any of the marketing materials surrounding the current trilogy. Has Luke abandoned it along with potentially his faith in the Jedi way? Will we see Luke wield it again in The Last Jedi? Hidalgo says vaguely, yet reassuringly, we take to heart the lesson that Obi-Wan tried to impart to Anakin. This weapon is your life. We're not ones to lose track of lightsabers. So... Breathe. <laughs> just breathe shut up <laughs> what was your thought about this Brian thought about that quote yes I, I think that the uh, lightsaber has been with uh, R2 for a while <laughs> and when uh, the Knights of Ren show up uh, to if they show up F things up R2's just gonna shoot it straight in the air Luke's gonna stick his hand out and just call it out from the sky stop this harassment <laughs> this is what he does to me all the time people all the time it's like what if luke takes off his hood and goes hello there hello there although i'm the one who said um i want luke to come out during a briefing scene and go i'm with you too and that's when he reunites with leia because i'm a terrible person oh <laughs> Um, there was another sidebar about everyone wanting to hug Adam Driver. <laughs> Sounds like he really needs a hug. Uh, apparently he's very intense, uh, as an actor. Um, and they're always trying to get him to smile and John Boyager will just go and hug him and keep hugging just, him. He'll just stay there. Um, in and which case we need fan art. Yes. Of, uh, Finn just hugging, hugging. an unamused Kylo. Yeah. Um, so Mark Hamill apparently, uh, invited Adam Driver out to lunch. And the quote is, I remember saying to Adam, I don't know how you work or your technique, but at some point you were my nephew. I probably bounced you on my knee. I probably babysat for you. There's that side. And now we're both estranged from the Skywalker family. 
All I'm suggesting is, if you'd like, maybe we could go to lunch. We could get together and hang out. What the hell, Mark Hamill? Stop that nonsense. I don't want to think about Luke babysitting Ben Solo and being all sweet and then, you know, being nephew and uncle and it, nah, I don't like it. Aww. It makes me want to go read Fate of the Jedi, <laughs> which is terrible, so why would I want to do that? <laughs> oh. Um, there was another article about... um. Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson dodging questions about the title, which was very funny. Um, and apparently uh, they asked Kathleen Kennedy, like, what does the last Jedi mean? She's like, why would I tell you? Why would I tell you that? And he's like, why would you ask? And he's like, I'll tell you, because when I asked George Lucas what the Phantom Menace was, he just said, oh, it's Dark City. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, George. Yeah, I. Yeah. That's so, that's so George. So George. Uh, there's another article about things that we will see and what we will not see in The Last Jedi. Um, two of the things of note of that's not in The Last Jedi is romance, which um, I will be okay with that. Um, and also um, Finn being uh using a lightsaber again or a revelation about finn's being force sensitive which i'm also okay with that i never really got the impression that he was force sensitive i i didn't either maybe a little bit but um also no major creature character in this movie which i'm also yeah i'm I'm good with that with that um, there's another sidebar about Kathleen Kennedy on future films, basically that they are now trying to decide what comes next, what comes after episode nine. Um, basically the idea was that the standalones are going to continue in perpetuity, uh, but they don't know if they're going to do any more episodes after episode nine. Um, they're trying to decide, is there a story there? Is there not? Um, which... I kind of appreciate that they're putting thought into it, not like, oh, yeah, we're going to do more movies, because of course we are, because money. Uh, and also, they are currently deciding between what should be the next standalone. Apparently, there's some options, and they expect to have a decision made. Yeah, that, that certainly soon. sounds like whatever Josh Trank was working on got totally scrapped. Well, it might have got scrapped, or they might have just pushed it aside, and now are trying to repurpose it or something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but yes. Um, I am not one of the people clamoring for an Obi-Wan movie or I would, but I would not be upset with an Obi-Wan movie. (laughs) I mean, I I don't need it like I need air, but I'll gladly take it if it shows up. I would like the Rogue One movie that we were promised. (laughs) The Rogue Squadron movie that we all thought we were going to get. Um, and also, um, Basically, if they do move forward with the episode films, that there will be a gap. Like, they're not going to just keep making them. There will be a few years of hiatus until they come back. And I think that's the right way to go if they decide to keep, continue the episodic films. Um, the The episodic films are... The episodic films are just different. Yeah. And um, they, they probably should be treated... Uh, with more 
yeah. with more care than the uh, than the standal than the yearly standalones. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, um, discussing about uh, episode nine and how they are reworking it um in light of carrie fisher's death and uh we've talked about this before um and basically our thoughts are we have similar thoughts nothing they do is going to make people happy um so don't say definitively that there's only one or that they should be doing this or they should be doing that because it's a really shitty situation and nothing they do is going to be what we want. So, yeah. Yep. And finally, Mark Hamill is a big nerd. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> and uh, he says, you know, if he was not Luke Skywalker, he would probably be a huge Star Wars fan like the rest of us. As and it is. in line on day one. As it is, he's got other things to nerd out about, but. Now, did you see the quote from him uh, when he was talking to Ryan Johnson about uh, how Luke was written? Yes. Have any thoughts on that? Um. The the quote, uh, paraphrasing here, was that uh, Mark Hamill said, I fundamentally disagree with everything you've done with this character. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Eh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, like. So, I don't know. <laughs> I really love Mark Hamill's idea about how he would have been introduced in The Force Awakens and them witnessing Han's death. Um, I really like that. I also like how, what the actual movie was. Um, so that, that moment would have robbed you of Rey calling for the lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, which as much might as, be as one, which is one of the greatest moments in the yeah. saga's history. As much as I was sitting there, like seeing the lightsaber and thinking, like, "Oh my god, is it Luke?" Um, instead, the lightsaber, like, you know, flying through the air and then having the um, burning homestead cue. It's like, you know, that that's what it should be because that's the future of the saga. You know not Luke coming back to save the day. I do want Luke to come and save the day in this movie, but because we've already established, you know, our new protagonists. Um, you know, I... I do I, wonder, though, because I, th I always got the impression that uh, Mark Hamill was a little more on board with kind of George's what happens to Luke after Jedi yeah. vision. Maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah, it just... It makes me wonder, like, what they've done. And, I mean, part of what makes Luke such a compelling character is the way Mark Hamill plays him. Like, I can't imagine anyone else playing Luke Skywalker. So, as long as he plays the role well, I will probably go along with anything that they do with his character. Like, I, I would... If, if Luke turned to the dark side... I would hate it. I think I would totally buy it if Mark Hamill was playing Luke Skywalker. So you would have been. You would have bought Dark Empire had if it, it had been, been a movie. Mark Hamill and a I, movie with Mark Hamill. I probably would have because I'd be sitting there going like, "Oh my god, you're so good at being evil." 
<laughs> well, we know he can. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but, but like in a comic, it's like no, Luke would never do this. But like, if it's it's different if it's actually Mark Hamill playing that role because to me he embodies Luke. So as long as he is committed to the role, you know, and the story is well written, and plus, like, you know, I'm I there's fanfic. I'm already planning my epic. Mara Jade in the sequel trilogy fanfic. So, <laughs> you know, what they end up doing, I'm going to be happy with it as long as it's a good movie. If I really want to go change something or write fanfic, I'll go do it. Like, I wrote a huge, long three novel fanfic where I actually, like, gave Leia more stuff to do in the original trilogy and, like, let her go to the Death Star because I always hated that. But I still love Return of the Jedi, so I think it's just if you are a fanficker or if you read multiple timelines, it's kind of like, okay, this is a story that they gave me and it's really great and I love it. And I'm also going to go over here and read these alternate universe stories, which is really why I wish Delray would publish like one-off stories like, what if Luke went to the Academy or what if you know, Leia and Luke switched places. You know, that's what I want. But until then, we still have fan fiction that fills that void. Yes, exactly. This is why we like fan fiction. Yes. All right. Well, I think that does it for all of the amazing TLJ stuff we got this week. Yes. Um, so we got a couple minutes left here, and we wanted to close with a little sort of 40th anniversary game, as yes. it were. Uh, where did you run into this? I mean, this is going to be I a really big game on, is concerned. Someone, tw- someone tweeted it. I don't I don't know who it was, but um, let me look through my – let me look through my Twitter to see if I can find it, and then uh, – you you explain what we're doing. So essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to be playing a little game where we just say uh, our favorite moments from each film. Yes. Uh, and uh, we'll see, hey, uh, where Nancy and I line up on this, where we don't. And you, of course, can play along at home. And uh, hey, if you're in the uh, Tashi Station Slack team, uh, you can uh, tell you us can yours. Tell us yours in the Slack team, and we'll chat it over. Uh, Here we go. This week, okay. Uh, Aaron Aaron Svoboda was the one who tweeted it. Listen to a podcast this morning where they listed their favorite moment from each Star Wars film in honor of 40 years. So it was from a podcast. So I don't know what podcast it was. So if you were that podcast, yay! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what order do we want to do this in? Just uh, one through seven? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, episode one. Do you want to go first for this one? <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the trite answer, but door opens, mall. Damn it, that's mine! <laughs> <laughs> mall and then the music cue. Bum, 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 bum. It's iconic. I mean, I'm sorry. You, you gotta go with that one, right? It is. It's so good. Um, I'll pick a different one. But that's my favorite. Um, I'll pick a different one. I will pick the um, uh, the whole sort of end sequence where Yoda confers on Obi Wan the night of the rank of Jedi Knight, and then says that he can train Anakin, and then going into the funeral where they say, "But which was destroyed, the Master or the Apprentice?" And the music is is so good, and they cut to. Palpatine's face looking all yeah that that was good uh attack of the clones 
This one's harder. <laughs> See, my problem with Attack of the Clones is there's so many lines in this movie that I love and that I'll just randomly, like, me and a friend of mine would quote to each other all the time. Um, like, and I, the whole, I think mine probably is, there's two scenes I love in this movie. The first one is Obi-Wan's um, meeting with Jango. Not the fight, but the, the 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 first meeting, because there's like there's so much tension, and it's like Obi Wan knows yet that Django is full of crap, <laughs> um, and there's so many good lines. It's like ever been ever made it as far away into the interior as Coruscant, possibly, and like me and my friend would always so possibly to each other, um, and uh, then the scene with Dooku and Obi Wan. Um, yeah, that's I just good. love that whole scene and he how he ends it and he goes, it may be difficult to secure your release. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, I got to go with the scene that just makes me laugh all the time. Good job. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, okay, uh, Revenge of the Sith. There's, a, there's some good moments to choose from in here. Yeah. Uh, I have to go with the immolation scene. I, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's just, finally, we get Ewan yeah. being able to just range the hell out. Actually, I will change my answer. Okay, I'm going with that one, though. Okay, because there's one specific moment from this movie that I love. It's during this fight between Yoda and Palpatine when the, um, when the little platform thingy rises up from Palpatine's office into the Senate and you hear the music uh, going the battle of the heroes cue and then it pulls back and it's just that wide open vast shot of the Senate with the little thing rising up and you see their lightsabers turn. I just, I love that shot so yeah, much. Yeah, that's a good shot. It's so good. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going with the immolation scene. Um, and also when the fight from between Anakin and Obi-Wan goes outside. Um, and as they're going outside, the music shifts from battle from the Anakin versus Obi-Wan cue to Duel the Fates. Like, I literally started bouncing up and down in my chair in the theater because I was like, yay, they used this music! Yay! Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Good choices. Uh, Rogue One. The one we've had the least time to uh, let stew. Yeah. Um, okay. Vader. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Vader. Vader. I mean, yeah. Although, I I'm gonna go with another one. Okay. Uh, it is the fleet dropping out from hyperspace. Oh, that's a good one. Just... Yeah, that's a good one. X-wings and Y-wings and battle cruisers, and yeah. you're like... Oh my god, this this is what I've been wanting. <laughs> I also This is what I've been wanting also, since 1999 and haven't gotten. I also love the um bring me a hammerhead corfetch and just them bear ramming into the star destroyer <sighs> yeah. or something. I think I think though as, aside from the Vader scene, it's pretty much so on the soundtrack there's three cues. There's the master switch 
um, your father would be proud, and then hope. That whole that sequence. That whole sequence. And there, there's there's parts that happen without music, but just like that whole end sequence, it's like, it's the saddest, but it's so good. Um, and like, especially um, your father would be proud starts with the Star Destroyers falling into the shield gate. Just such a and visually just that stunning music, shot. That music cue is just so good many composers would have been tempted to do something far more grandiose mm-hmm. and dramatic there how understated the music was yeah. just made the scene and that scene that that whole cue is just so great and like um you know the the devastator coming out of and it and there's like so much hope there and then the devastator comes out of hyperspace and it just gets so like oh my god oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen <laughs> Uh, and I, I uh, also special mention for me losing my sh- losing my crap when uh, red leader and gold leader showed yes. up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A new hope. I'm letting you choose. <laughs> Binary sunset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Is there anything else? I mean, that's I mean that's one A definitely. Um, I, if I'm choosing a different one, it's the entire Battle of Yavin. That's when mm-hmm. I really fell in love with Star Wars as a kid. Was that whole Starfighter sequence, especially the end with the bum 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will also say Luke. I get like the whole introduction of Luke, like the music and everything. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, binary sunset, and now it's really hard for me to watch the bur- the the burning homestead. Like I just think of Ray the whole time. I know it's so good. Uh, um, Empire, Empire. Uh, the luminous being speech. That is that. It's one of the great monologues in Star Wars. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I have a hard time with this one because there's so many things I can choose from. <laughs> I have a really hard time narrowing it down to a favorite moment. Yeah. But you have to. I know. I have to. <laughs> um, uh, this is hard. <laughs> That's what she said? Honestly, I think it's the closing shot. Really, yeah. I love I love the closing shots so much. Yeah, it's nothing good. is being said. Da, 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 da. It's, it's it's just letting Mark and Carrie and John Williams do everything they need to do to close out the film without saying a word. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, which of course brings us now to Jedi. You've got any? You've got you know off the top of your head, don't you? Do I? Or. Um, it's probably the sequence, the dark side beckons sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm betting you have an honorable mention, though, for Luke uh, grabbing the lightsaber. lightsaber. Yeah, the the grabbing the lightsaber, looking at it, smiling, igniting it, and then just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the entire Starfighter sequence of Battle of Endor. You can't have the entire Starfighter sequence. I it's mean, broken can. up into chunks. <laughs> uh, I know what your favorite one is. I'm already on my way out. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. Um, 
I I am I'm still hard pressed in choosing between uh Battle of Scarif and Battle of Endor as to what's my favorite Starfighter but scene. But Battle of Endor has Wedge being a bamp yeah. and just being like, Are you sure? I've no reading. Just like everyone else is freaking out and he's just like, All right, whatever. I got this. But I lean a little more towards Endor just because it still holds up really well visually yeah. today. Yeah. Uh and yeah. It's it's got Wedge. Mm-hmm. At peak wedge. So, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> and finally, The Force Awakens. It's the lightsaber. I'm giving him a bitch please look, listeners. I was going non-Luke reveal division. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, the Luke reveal is my, obviously, I can't, I can't pick the Jedi steps. I mean, yeah, you definitely can, because it is... <laughs> Uh, never had a Star Wars movie quite end like that mm-hmm. before. Yeah. yeah but um, it was a beautiful ending. Uh, yeah, re-grabbing lightsaber, definitely. Um, the whole abduction of Rey, um, from, like, Kylo oh, that, Ren revealing that long himself. Shot. From Kylo Ren revealing himself, and then, um, him, like, saying, you've, you know, uh, uh, call the airstrike, we've got what we need. And then, like, carrying her, and then the music just swells into this really dramatic version of Ray's theme, and Han sees Kylo and gets this look on his face, and then Finn sees that. Long that tracking shot with Finn. And him running. That could have been so cheesy. And he just, like, 100% commits to it, and you feel his anguish, even though he's only known her for, like, what, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so, I mean, we've both mentioned calling the lightsaber, so I'm not going to use that here. I know what yours is. It's uh, the resistance. No, actually. Oh! Um, it's who talks first. Ah. You talk first, I talk first. Yeah. Because in that moment, like I've <laughs> said before, in that moment, I realized everything was going to be okay. Yep. <laughs> but it's the resistance to do it. I mean, that's and way- And Dameron- be- Hitting double ace, and I mean, I, I always say hitting double ace, even though he already is probably like eight million times over. Yeah. For those of you who haven't read the X Wing books, ace is five kills. Yeah, that's, a, that's an old uh, World War One, World War Two carryover where five kills make someone a combat ace. Right, and so he kills ten ties in one shot. That's He's one, one hell, hell of a, of a pilot. pilot. <laughs> All right, so that's TFA is the last of the films, unless we want to talk about the holiday special, which we don't. Uh, no, you can go Mm-mm. listen to that. We we did that already. So yeah, do that's... we want to do Clone Wars and Rebels? <sighs> Favorite Clone Wars moment. <sighs> Mine was probably um the when Sidious came. And wiped the floor with Savage Press and Darth Maul. That's that was good. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Um. Also, really liked the um the Yoda arc of the the Lost Mission. Yeah, I like the Yoda arc too. Mark Hamill was in that. Yes. Yes. I uh, know. I like that one too. Um. I probably would have also gone with uh, Sidious wiping the floor with uh, with them. Also, an honorable mention for Ahsoka telling the Jedi Order to go screw themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Rebels. Hmm. 
I can tell you a favorite moment is definitely Flight of the B-Wing. Yeah. Just that was a good one. The way it was animated and the music behind it. I love that a lot. Um probably I think my favorite sequence is the la- the ending of Twilight of the Apprentice. Um yes. that music cue is really fantastic. Um uh also why i had problems with the episode as a whole the end shot of twin sons (laughs) was exactly what i wanted it to be um and uh probably the end of um oh my yeah and uh kanan's uh kid i'm about to let everyone in on the secret from the first episode yeah that's good um do we want to do favorite moments from books <laughs> we could be here a while <laughs> you pick up one i i can pick one off the top of my head that i always go back to um it's from the unifying force it's uh seen when luke jason and Jaina are going up climbing up the top shimra's citadel um to get to the top and and fight shimra and it's from Jason's point of view, and he looks at Luke and thinks that, you know, is like kind of in awe of Luke's fighting. And he says he wasn't even breathing heavily as they're running up the citadel. That's good. Love it. Uh, I have a hard time picking moments from books because I mostly just think of books as entire entities. Yeah. <laughs> also uh, moments that we can pick yeah yeah that, that's the problem i can't say my favorite moment right now i know what it is yeah it's, it's that one it's up there again it's up there again <laughs> don't worry potter and you'll be there soon you will uh okay let's go ahead and wrap up there okay uh this episode of tashi station radio has been brought to you in part by you our patreon subscribers again five dollars gets you into the patreon exclusive slack team where you can hang out and chat with us uh talk about each new episode with us or just talk about whatever uh on twitter you can find us with the handle tashi underscore station that's the official show account you can find nancy with nancy pants that's nancy with an i you can find me with elaine winry l-a-n-e-w-i-n-r-e-e on facebook we're the tashi station network we're available on the itunes store stitcher and google play if you like what you hear please do leave a review it helps us grow the show you can find our columns and news at tashi-station.net thanks for listening to another episode we'll catch you all next time bye so long podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, my God.